and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for September 28th through October 27th, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares insights about Libra as we enter the fall season. She advises us to go into our hearts and recognize the gifts that we have to share with the collective. She provides writing prompts and recommendations for stones, flower essences, and a ritual to work with the energy of the month. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank our new Patreon subscribers, Heather Freilich and Pernilla Vestskogen. Thank you so much for helping to make this show possible. If you've enjoyed the podcast and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash moonwise. I'm sharing writing prompts, digital downloads, and behind the scenes videos, as well as other treats over on Patreon. Okay, on with our show. Hi, Susan. Thank you for coming on the show today. My pleasure as always. Well, we've had quite a momentous September and beginning of the fall season. So I'm really excited to hear how the fall equinox was for you and what we have to look forward to. Absolutely. Well, I want us to, when we're thinking about this time of year, to take a step back from this moment which, you know, offers us a new moon in cardinal air Libra. And Libra time is a time of, it's ruled by Venus. So it really, it takes us into that heart about love, about our want, our desire, about the aeration of ourself, bringing ourself forward, um, bridging ourselves out into our relationships and our experience of love and partnership, and then the reciprocity of receiving um, the uh, what what happens in the exchange and interchange. So we can get, sometimes get lost in that, but it's very romantic and it's very rose-colored glasses and um, very and quite beautiful. Um, its features have to do with harmony and balance and beauty, and also social justice, equality. Uh, Libra is the goddess of peace and goddess of war, meaning um, diplomacy will be reinstated no matter what cost. They say it's sort of like the, the fist with the beautiful velvet glove around it, but you know somehow it will be restored. So when we look at secretaries of state uh, you know that have been women or women leaders throughout the world, um, they can have that that air about them where, you know, they really walk with a great smile on their face and they have a lot of humor and they greet people well and they also communicate on some other level that um, we will negotiate this through one way or another. So it's sort of fascinating when we think about Libra and then we think right now what's going on in the world and that symbol of the country that always we keep returning to at this moment around Lady Liberty, you know, the scales of justice and what she is really holding up for us and what is she reminding us. I was just in New York during the climate change uh, strike and the UN initial uh, opening of the door and the gates. Um, and it w- every time I looked, there was the Statue of Liberty sort of inviting us to remember you know, what she stands for and what she is holding the bridge around for other, other, other nations and ourselves and, and that, that um, you know, gateway. 
so it's certainly a, an interesting time to be in a Libra lunation. But the other thing I want to say about that is, yes, we just had on the 23rd, so five days ago, we had the autumn equinox. Where we are now is we want to think about and reach back. This um, fall equinox links us back to the spring equinox. And so, again, remembering the spring is when we plant the seeds. The fall is is what came to fruition. So it's it's a six-month kind of cycle, which we'll talk a little bit about, about some prompts to sort of access some of that material over the six-month period of time. This is the time of the harvest. And so with that in mind, remembering that this is a cardinal um, air sign, the cardinal signs launch the season. So they're powerful. When we step into zero degrees of those signs, they go, okay, we're moving. And so when we have cardinal degrees, we all have them, but I mean, when we have certain key planets in them, they, they tell us that that's a part of our chart that's going to, you know, really create a sort of shift and say, let's, let's move, let's create the change. Whereas last month when we were talking about Virgo in mutable science, it was how do we adapt to the change? So this is saying, okay, we are changing seasons. And with the seasons, when we think about that, this is, if we look at the whole year as a circle, circular calendar, what else do we reference with the circular calendar? We reference the moon, right? Our moonwise, um, you know, the intention and the founding of the moonwise podcast. So when we think about the moon and that new moon being the beginning of a cycle, we also think about that third quarter of the moon as the waning moon. This is the waning moon of the year. So this is the waning cycle. When we go into fall, it starts the process where equal day, equal night, balancing out, and then very gently we're moving into darkness. It starts to, and I've, like many people I'm meeting, and you know, me with my clients and, uh, you know, sort of those those experiences of, of people trending and what they say when they come in and out my door, but many are, I'm saying, isn't the fall beautiful? And they're like, yeah, but it makes me think about the winter, and so I'm already sort of dreading the winter, and of course, Chicago has an extreme winter, but um, it's that sense of the of the waning of the light, and it still reminds us of the fear of the dark. Approach this season with an appreciation of the shifting and the beauty of the dark. When we hit the west um, direction in the medicine wheel, that is when we go within. That is when we face ourselves. That is when we start to refer into. Um, you know, into the inner self, the soul of the self. And so even though, yeah, there can be fears and challenges and healing, but there's also a, a, a quiet in the dark and there's a peace in the dark. And more than that, there's wisdom that we've acquired in our waning season, just like the waning part of our life would be when um, eldership and wisdom and, and all of those uh, understanding. So when we think about the fall season and the fall equinox, and Libra, let's just keep that in mind that we're moving into the fall of the circular cycle of the year and that we're harvesting some inner wisdom as we're harvesting what have we learned throughout the year and to pay attention to that. And that's not always, you know, something, whether we call it like good or bad, when we're in the season of the harvest, did we harvest a lot of chaos over the last six months? Did we harvest um, more attention to lack? Did we harvest our wounds or did we harvest um, a sense of well-being? Did we harvest a sense of, of uh, a skill 
or um, understanding through challenge that we've accessed. This is a time, like you think about canning, you think about preserving. So what do we want to preserve from the six months? And what do we decide? Some of the stuff is like, ah, oh, that crop didn't really go so well, or it didn't really grow much at all. And so we want to take some notes in walking around and saying, what was out of homeostasis that created that? What infestation happened, meaning what infested maybe our boundaries, what opposed us? So we're not looking at something as being bad. We're assessing. We're taking stock. So we take stock when we look at what we've arrived at. So I'm just kind of bookmarking that notion when we look at the fall um, equinox. Libra is the goddess of the goddess, right? Because she's ruled by Venus. And so it Venus has two uh, areas, two signs she rules. And Taurus is the more of the physical manifestation of Venus's wants and desires. But, but um, Libra is the exchange of the relational. Um, so Libra, like I said, is about some, making things in life more beautiful. I know when I have, I have a Libra rising and I think it softens my, my, um, Capricorn quite a bit. It's my velvet glove, <laughs> my Capricorn. But, um, but Libra, what I notice when Libra friends come to visit me, um, they, they cannot help themselves. They will always move a piece of furniture. And when it, recently on, on the Equinox, I asked a raising of the hands because they had a gathering, you know, are there any Libras in the room? And I said to them, do you always want to change, do you always want to go in and change people's you know, apartments or whatever. And he said, oh yeah, and how they dress and how they do their hair. And, and But it's not a critical, it's just, oh, this could be more beautiful. Like you're just such, so much, such a beautiful work of art. Let's, let's enhance this. Um, so it, it's just that sense of connection and uh, collaboration and aesthetic. But the aesthetic truly is not to criticize or judge. The aesthetic is, is love. So it's, it's a connection in that way. Um, so when we think about that Libra, it is a wonderful time for us to uh, also just get a sense of something new in a way of our our external that also just creates a sense of beauty around us or a sense of harmony. It's also very much about harmony. So one of the reasons uh, Libras get really antsy is when they can intuit um, where things are disharmonious. And so think about that if you know your chart where Libra shows up, or if you're just starting to, to feel that. But at a deeper way, it definitely opens the door of our heart, meaning our want, our desire. I would like us to focus away from our need, because that pushes more of a threat and a lack, and elevate it more into the want, the desire is actually a great motivation. Um, something I think about um, with uh, this sense about Libra is, you know, remember the polarities to get to know that sign, we know what's on the opposite. So we have a Libra new moon, and in a couple minutes we'll talk about the Aries full moon that meets two weeks later. Um, so, you know, Venus is, as I said, uh, Libra is ruled by Venus, and Aries is ruled by Mars. So you're meeting the sense of, in one way, love, and the other side, two weeks later, is action. So what I was thinking about this bridge of Libra at this moment is perhaps one way to think of this lunation is love in action, which is a beautiful way I think about service is love in action. Um, how we take the love that we feel and how we let that sense of of the desire of the want and also um, the, the um, 
the pull or the motivation to move forward out, how do we want to channel that? Because otherwise it can just go all over the place. Um, and, and Libra, you know, has that capacity, like I said, the cardinal signs, both are cardinal signs. So uh, again, it's just something to think about. It's like a truly a dance um, because we also think about with Libra, the relationship in all things, you know, like when we go outside, it is an air sign. So in fall, we look literally when we go outside because the winds shift a lot in the fall it's almost as if we can see the when the you know it, it takes the leaves up and suspends them in the air so a lot of times we see the air the leaves swirling like they're dancing uh, and it's so beautiful and so you know we do see that experience of the dance through winds which is very spiritual we can't see it but we see what how it um, activates and and how it curates you know, and stirs uh, the pot a little bit. So when we see that sense of the, of this time, it's really quite, you know, quite beautiful in that way and quite dramatic. So another thing that we think about in the fall and we think about what Libra ushers in, or maybe a reference that's super easy, is I think of a tree because the trees, you know, those key moments where we go, oh, the, the changing of the leaves, right? The, the leaves are changing colors and we want to have those peak color days to go whether we drive into nature more or we look for those trees or we notice a tree on our block that normally is kind of uninspiring and one day it turns bright red and it's just magnificent. The color, the angles of where the light moves in the fall. Um, but the interesting part about the leaves is that right after they dramatically change, they they die because they separate. So Libra is actually also a time where it ushers in death. It ushers in, which very much, you know, happens in Scorpio, but it's that process of, of you cannot, you know what it's like, all of us, when we go to take a leaf off a tree before it's ready or a bush, it is almost impossible. I mean, you really have to force it off, but when it's ready, it just, there is this, there is this collaboration between the tree, the origin or the mother and the leaf where suddenly there's a there's a collaboration of it's time so it's think about also what exalts in libra is saturn saturn just went direct on the 18th so when saturn turns direct saturn stations direct it's been since april it's been retrograde and we've talked about how it's been inside of capricorn with the south node and it's really been dismantling what doesn't serve us well it's coming direct saying okay, it, now you can start to build, but you have to really remember, don't rebuild what you just destroyed, what you just dismantled. We want to allow, like I said, when we're in the spring equinox, spring is very brutal because it's birth. Birth is raw, it's messy. There's Again, we cannot control timing. Saturn's the master of time. But when birth happens, whether it's, you know, the the um, flowers coming forward, or it's the babies getting born. It's it's the start of life. In fall, equinox ushers the death. We're very uncomfortable in our culture with death. But when you see the leaf, and then you start to realize, I'm walking on the leaf that was so beautiful on the top of the tree. Now it's under my feet. Now it's mulching. It's composting. Where does it go? It goes into the underworld. 
and it's that shell of the old is the seed of the new. So it, it goes down the river path, and in the spring, we'll see another iteration of somehow the DNA of each and every leaf. So we think about the life cycle, the reincarnation, what is either I'm throwing in a Game of Thrones reference, what is dead cannot can never die. But it's that sense of there is something really beautiful because in Chinese medicine, this time of year, we went last time it was earth. Now it's a metal season and it's lungs and upper intestine. So lungs coordinate with grief. There can be loneliness. There can be sadness. So we treat that. So we want to allow if there's some grieving. And so I'll have a flower essence for that. Um, but also, rather than fearing inevitability of the dark, and rather than seeing it as a time of death, that, you know, oh, there's the last few days of summer gasping, like we talk about it so dramatically. And to go, yeah, it is truly the life cycle in front of us. And if we can appreciate it at a spiritual level, at an organic level, this is where living from an earth-honoring perspective allows us to appreciate the beauty in all things, including the cycle of death. Because without death, there can be no life. You know, it's just the opposite of. So again, I'm just saying, philosophically, just start to allow when you find yourself um, really reacting to the loss of the summer and the beginning of the of the um, of the season. Um, allow it, but also see what's underneath it that's fear-based. What's underneath it that that we're just not culturally allowed to be organic and expressive with it. And let's see what we do with it. And maybe we can also, you know, kind of check back on the uh, Facebook page um, uh, around that. So with these um, with these times and with Libra, uh, it's just so much teaching when we think about that and the light changing, um, eating with naturally growing cycles. Our inner understanding um, with the with the natural world is very present for us, in that sense, um, and in moving in the direction, as I said, of the inner self. So this can be a tender separation time, but I say with this lunation because Saturn just went direct, and on the 10th of October, so a five days later, um, we're going to have Pluto going direct. And Pluto is that taskmaster that says, I want you to upgrade. So with that in mind, when you're thinking about um, moving forward in whatever you're starting to say, okay, it's fall, because fall can really make us feel like it's a kind of a new year. Like, okay, I'm back to that back to school feeling. Like I've got some energy now. And those, those really heavy hitting planets are now direct, we might just go into whatever we do rotely. And Pluto is saying, absolutely not. I want you to take the learning that you've created. And I want you to up, you know, like um, books that have new editions. They're like big books that have new editions. And they go, oh, we've modified this because the languaging wasn't appropriate. Or we've got new information. Or we've added a new epilogue or prologue. Or, you know, I want you to think about your, this what you're bringing into this new fall season is a new edition of you. So don't just do whatever you do. I don't care what it is. Do it with some way that you are applying and taking ownership and upscaling what you've learned from this year. It's really important. You have to serve Pluto and say, I am evolving. 
I've regenerated, I've grown, I'm upgrading. Because otherwise, Pluto will still get in there and enforce that in some way. It's a beautiful season. It's a lot of abundance with Libra because it is the law of attraction kind of thing. But it also is saying, we're going to keep you into challenges that will make good on what you know will be a way to strengthen what is the most important themes for you? I'm just laughing because I'm just remembering when Pluto was in my own chart really intensely. And I'm just laughing because it's it's wise to work with Pluto. Otherwise, Pluto might just bulldoze things in your life. So if you can co-create and just up-level, like you said, to the best of your ability, then you're going with the flow instead of against it. <laughs> also, the thing you may feel, and I'm hoping everybody does, is a sense of power. Pluto really is about power and right use of power. But Pluto's just, so we may start to feel like, oh God, I've got some energy. And it may turn into a little bit of a power struggle. Because like I said, Libra is about the engagement of relationship. So if we're not bringing that in check and not suppress it, but channel it, um, that you can see my power needs to have uh, an understanding of the heart, which is a kindness, um, an appreciation for other, a reciprocity that my energy has an impact on someone else, just like their energy has an impact on me. So it's not to subjugate our power. It's to have that challenge that I think we're all looking at, for example, of what is sacred feminine leadership? What does it mean to all be strong together? What does it mean to hold each other up? One of my favorite, and I don't want to botch the quote with um, Gloria Steinem, is when someone asked her about who do you want to pass your torch to? And she said, no one, I want to light everyone's torches so we all can light the way together. And I think it's that. Like we want to keep, I get chills just even thinking about it. We want to support one another with, through empowering everyone only creates more power. Um, it, but still holding our own personal power. And, and you know, the thing about, I think I mentioned about Libra, is that the problem is we can get outside of our heart as we're loving, meaning we start to get too outside of ourselves because we get too into the us, you know, like those, you know, when we create two circles and in the middle of the circle is the us of the relationship and there's still the you and the me. Sometimes we fall too far into the us category and then because there's no separate person of, of the I, we get lost in the us because it, it's just then we're in the eye of the storm and we don't feel that protection and the understanding of the self that gets sustainable. So we have to keep that in mind, um, not to get lost in that, which Libra will do, you know, because Libra loves relationships so much. So it can get dependent and then it can get cling, you know, I don't mean clingy, but it can get just too scared uh, around the myth of not being in relationship to see that we're always in relationship so that we can really choose the partner worthy of us and take that time. So we want to, you know, kind of keep that in mind when we're speaking about time and timing in relationship. Um, the other thing about this new moon is there's a sextile with Jupiter. Jupiter's in um, in Sagittarius, so it also gives more optimism, light, and buoyancy. So that's pretty lovely, um, again, when we think about this particular lunation. Um, I wanted to share, though, something that um, I experienced because I think this then gets into when we move into um, the Aries full moon in a couple of weeks, you know, how we can work 
with as we reboot our understanding of Libra and living from our heart and the power of the feminine as it relates to that notion of life-sustaining and love and different ways that we can be, um, we can we can create from presence as opposed to action all the time, that presence is action, that non-doing is very powerful, um, like weaving the web. That So I, when I was in for the fall equinox, I hosted a gathering in New York City, and that was right in the heart. It was two days after the climate strike, and it was um, as the UN talks were starting. And so, you know, New York was like the epicenter. And it is anyway, because, you know, like I was kind of laughing that, you know, we look in Chicago, it's like, oh, something's coming up in three weeks. I'm so excited. (laughs) You know, in in New York, it's like, I have five things tonight. Which ones am I going to and how do I get them all in? So it's overdrive. So this happened to be uh, on the seventh floor of the event of Fifth Avenue and with, you know, obviously a lot of windows. And so as we're starting the circle, everyone's doing an individual share-in, setting their intentions. This outrage protest march starts to move down Fifth Avenue. And it's getting louder and louder and louder. And everyone's continuing, just like we do, you know, we're good. So we like telling our intentions, stating our name, and we can barely hear each other. And it's you can tell that everybody's a, distracted, B, getting like, am I, are we really going to be able to pull this off? C, should I be out there protesting? So it was this psychic kind of everybody feeling pulled and, and how do we stay present to stay in this space? How are we going to make this work? Everybody hung in there. And what was so amazing, by the end of the circle, I don't know how, I think we had about 28 women or something. By the end of the circle, there was this shift going on where we created such a powerful sacred container. It's like it wove by everybody's intention to create, like almost like there was a sound barrier protection. And we started to feel a shift. And that's what I said to everybody, do you feel that shift? And everybody's like, oh, yes. They were all just amazed by that, like a womb that got created. And eventually by the end, Midway through, I really can't remember, it calm, it passed, and then there was such a profound quiet and peacefulness in the room. And right when, when we went through that, I was sharing with them this story that I know everyone has heard, but it's one of those stories, very quick, of, of told about that, that there was a village, and I think it's always aspired to a different um, place in the world, so one of them is, is Bali, where there was a drought and there was no rain for a very long time. And so uh, this tribe asked a shaman from another area that was a rain shaman to come over and to please help facilitate rain, make rain. And so this old woman comes in and she says, uh, she looks around and she said, I need a hut to meditate in. They're like, sure, of course, we'll give you anything. She disappears day one, day two. They're all looking around. They're hot. You know, nothing's happening. They're like, what gives? What's, what, what is this woman? You know, what's this shaman doing? All of a sudden, she comes out of the hut, drop, drop pouring rain everybody's celebrating getting the you know getting the barrels to get the rain and so um the leader says to her what did you do and she said i did not do anything this village was so out of balance i couldn't see straight i was dizzy when i went in to meditate what happened was is what the way that i just am able to hold and expand my energy field when i came into balance the village came into balance. And so what I was telling the women was, 
wherever we are at work, in our families, in our relationships, um, wherever we are, in the subway, I mean, in Whole Foods, in wherever, wherever we are, when we feel the lack of balance, as we breathe into our central point and we start to reweave our luminous field, we can offer and invite that or just know that the power of what we're creating invites the rebalancing to impact the butterfly effect, right? Like as we fan out, it has an impact that weaves a different sort of frequency to invite rebalance. That's very powerful. That's called presence, right? That's holding space. So when we can see that more and more that, that, you know, like we say, um, People can just, when the more you get to know something, the less you have to do. And so just think about that as you're moving through, that this notion of action and activism and how we enforce our energy. A lot of times we move outside of our heart and we give and we give. One of the women who came to our event, who is this person who curates a very large platform for um, you know, creating social activism in the most beautiful way. And she really needed the self-care. And so it was it was such a gift to be able to offer that to her in that moment. So I think just to see that 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 it's the receiving and it's it's understanding that that our presence is as powerful as what we feel we have to keep doing, offering, giving. So at the time of the harvest in this full, in this new moon, plant a seed for activating and learning about love in action and how your love and the power of your love, the power of your presence, the gift of you holding space, the gift of cultivating empathy and communicating empathy, it's free, it's easy, but it's so powerful. Wow, Susan, I'm I'm really moved by what you're saying. And in my own life, it resonates so strongly because as the mother of a toddler, there are times in which I feel, oh my gosh, my life's chaotic. There's so much to do. There's laundry, there's dishes. My kid's having um, some kind of meltdown about his Legos. And it is really true that if I can center and hold some peace within myself, it literally just spreads out into the home and my son is calm and can kind of like work with his emotions and let them move through quicker. And it's, it's remarkable. And that's not doing anything that's, that's being, and wow, that's not something that we turn to a lot in our culture. No. And it's it, I believe it is the, is the sacred, it's the power of the feminine. I can't stress that enough because the doing is the masculine. There is, you know, a saying that the war, you, when you move from warrior to chief, the chief holds the space, right? The empress holds up the queen. Um, it's not that out there learning, you know, the, the experience of the protector. It's then going, the protection is around that stance. So, um, you know, even when we move into the action mode, remember that the saints, um, which is another function of of Venus, like Joan of Arc, is what are we fighting for? And calling in that saint and the protection or the Durgas, it, what fuels us and what informs us and protects us is there is valor in what we're doing. It's not meaningless. So that's why I'm saying when you hook back up with the power of Pluto, understand what your intention is about when you're taking a stance, when you're upgrading, when you're using your power. It has a purpose. It has value. When you work with it that way, 
um, it, it just allows the power to move from all of who we are as opposed to the, the want and the need, which can fuel something that isn't, you know, quite as um, long lasting. And so again, Libra, thinking about Libra as the lover's card, because it's that interaction of the mutuality. Um, but it also can be the hermit, meaning there's times when we love ourselves and love of spirit, love of the divine. So when it's that notion of soulmate, Libra is very much soulmate. And so we think about the separation and we're looking for soulmate. Remember, soulmate can be a child. Soulmate can be a pet. Soulmate can be your, you know, Rumi always spoke about in, in the Sufis that are the heart, the medicine of the heart. Those love, those love poems were to were to God. And so, you know, it's the divine. So keep thinking about that, that, that we, if we only look in that outside of the periphery of it has to be in a certain container in a certain way, we can really feel a lot of longing and a lot of loneliness. But when we look at how the soulmate is around us and the fulfillment, it really creates a different sort of vibration. Venus goes in on the eighth into Scorpio. So we start to get we go from the engagement of relationship into a little bit deeper of an intimacy. It goes deeper into power, deeper into merging, deeper into control. So Venus sort of leads the way in saying, oh, we're going to go a little bit into a more intimate and a deeper sort of journey of, of our sensuality and our going beneath the surface of things. But Mars is in Libra. So Mars still says, even though I'm going into that, that full moon of Aries, I still want to keep the Libra values in mind. So that, I think that's, that's really will also help us through that time. In the new moon, just to remember, Chiron is in Aries right across opposing this new moon. Remember, Chiron is the wound, the activation. Um, it's very karmic around what we're healing. Pluto still wants us the upgrade, what's karmic. So as we make that walk and we wax into the full moon, um, Chiron will be with that full moon in Aries. So it's saying definitely with all this growth, what you're harvesting with your with this lunation, what you're walking into with your abundance, what you're, um, you know, what all of that that you're manifesting, all that you're taking action on out of love, love and action. But also remember that there is something that you understand that you are, you have to keep boundary around and that you're not letting back in your life. So we talked about the last six months and over the summer in particular, um, when we went through those very, very challenging eclipse cycle and uh, Mercury retrograde cycle, you know, with the South node that, so the South node is still is still conjoint in, in next to Saturn at the new moon, but starts to gently move away finally um, from that, that connection. So the south node, as it's, as it's gently breaking away from that twinning by the full moon, it's still saying, okay, we want you to serve what you've learned and don't let that hungry ghost come back in. Don't re-engage with that severing of what the cord that you cut or whatever you found within you through your lineage patterns, through the culture, through um, what whatever went on that you finally felt like you really got that lesson from or that understanding, hold to it. It's, it's really going to say it's important. Um, and then the other thing is this very strong as we go into the full moon, you know, we have everything's blowing up 
everything's falling apart. I mean, we're looking at impeachment uh, inquiries. We're looking at the power of the youth rising. We're looking at these young change makers. And, you know, there's the sense of on one level that this new generation is on fire, which is Aries. Aries is catalytic fire. But keep remembering while we're saying, oh, it's amazing, these youth, you know, these water protectors and everybody that are ascending, these young ones that are teaching us, that's beautiful and that's very sad that we have turned our backs so deeply that they are alone in our in the, leading us. It, it's, it's not something I want to use the word shame, but it's like we got to get it together and not just support them. We have to remember um, what they are holding up and say, absolutely, we need to walk by their, not only by their sides, but we need to give them a, a sense that they're not alone and they're not wiser than us. You know, I mean, they are wiser than us, but we need to grow, grow back the, the heck up and to say, let's get it together. It's otherwise that's, that's kind of, I don't know, really like out of balance. So, you know, I love that we're all cheering them on, but it's like, Hey, cheer with them and, and give them a break and let them know we haven't left them. Um, and let's say, you know, really, really make amends with this generation because we did drop the ball. So when we think about that with this Aries full moon, um, you know, really, really think about that within yourself. And uh, as it relates, I think getting into my prompts that I want to go quickly. And I, I think, Dorote, we're going to offer some of those. Is that right on the on the page? Yeah. So the writing prompts that you talk about here, we'll put um, up on the Facebook group, which is Moonwise Sisterhood. And if you're not there yet, you can go to Facebook and search Moonwise Sisterhood. So that's where you can find it all. Beautiful, because some of them, if any of them resonate with you, you want to take the time to just get, you know, not have to write them all quickly now. I'll go over them, but you'll have that ability to to tap into them. Generally, when we harvest, you know, uh, if you have too many tomatoes or peppers or something that you've had a great season with, you know, you knock on your neighbor's doors with a basket and say, hey, you want some? I, may, I have too many. Well, think about that with your own qualities or your own what you've harvested this year. How do you want to give it to community? Because that's the real gift is the giveaway. If we don't give away, meaning gift to community, um, what's the purpose? It becomes very, doesn't have the, you know, have the fullness until we think about how we want to give it to the collective, how we want to share it. Again, Libra, sharing reciprocity, sacred reciprocity. So again, getting back into the prompts uh, around this time that can be useful for the last six months from spring to fall. Um, to maybe look at, in your life, we think about with Libra, we think about an outer world. So maybe what has shifted in our outer world, our work, our projects, our events. What have we harvested? In our interactive world, friendships, partnerships, family. In our inner world, emotional health, self-care, spiritual beliefs. That was very active when we did our last lunation around Virgo and Pisces. Um, what pops up as our greatest challenges or surprises over the last six months? Um, what you know? What did we learn in that way? Did something redirect you in an unexpected way, or did things not grow as planned? So rather than did things not go as planned, did things not grow as planned? And what did that mean when we went, uh, got redirected a different way? 
if you begin to see a web or a pattern as you're looking at the outer, interactive, and inner over the last six months in a theme or an overview, what would that look like? So again, we're kind of the spider weaving her web. When we think about that in the spring or if we look from spring to fall cycle, if you titled the name of the theme, what would you title it? So again, it's just something that, how would I, how would I, the theme, what would I title the six months as? And what has been the learning or the greatest lessons that occurred during this period of time? What residual issues, mindsets, emotional, external, would you like to release that have been accumulated from this part of your journey? So the leaves that you are allowing to release from your tree. What lasting value, wisdom, understanding would you like to harvest or alchemize? Remember we talked about that when we were talking about the summer. What do we want to alchemize or move forward through the next season? So think about fall to spring, the essence. That's the thing about when we're curating. Um, you know, we're moving from the raw material into the essence. That's what we really want to do with this. We don't want to keep everything. We want to take the essence of what we've learned, acquired, or grown. And when we've had a strong harvest, we want we have more than we need. How would we like to share collectively with community or the world? Generosity is very important when we're talking about matters of the heart. Um, remaining generous. And again, then if we boil all this down, selecting one word to hold the essence of the growing season. One word I am releasing, one word I'm harvesting. So you can kind of think about those, those themes, those prompts. And then for a ritual, um, I think that just really being aware, as I said, about, um, I don't know if you're uh, where you are yet, there's actual leaves that you can work with. But if there are a few leaves, to really select some leaves and to create, again, uh, mandalas with the leaves, meaning a configuration of a pattern of the leaf that you would put on the earth or in your home, um, and maybe thinking of different configurations of the ones that you would breathe into them, the ones that you're, uh, of areas that you are releasing, the ones, the areas that you are um, really uh, um, appreciating the things that you've learned, the colors of the leaves, breathe into them, maybe hold them for a little while and notice how they age and notice what happens in the colors and what you notice from the patterns, how they, what shapes and maybe what they show you and teach you because they're really quite beautiful in that way as they dry. And then perhaps you could keep them to the full moon and do a little fire or you could release the ones that you're releasing over time and let them very gently move towards some paths or trees and um, and then be aware every time you feel one drop, say, oh, what just dropped in my life? Like, just be aware of the timing around you. And then, as I said before, when we're walking on leaves, that we walk gently, noticing that those might have been the dreams we had, you know, or the tree had so long ago and the lineage of the trees. So our ancestors had a dream and then we manifested the dream, and then it fell away, and then it moves into the cycle of life. And overall, I would say during this lunation and during this new moon is planting a seed around an enhanced capacity for appreciating 
the beauty of the endings of life or the you know the the dying process the waning process um, and holding space for that as well and watching our own where did we learn those fears and and how do we how do we just sit with those how do we grow with those how do we bring that into our spirit oh thank you susan yeah i'm really so glad that you're talking about death and this sense of being able to say goodbye or moving on or letting go and letting those leaves fall. And that's definitely where I am right now. I've been very much culling and purging both physical objects in my home, but also trying to streamline some of my daily practices and just habits. And for me, I'm really feeling death as a friend and a guide that can really help us just move the debris and and just yeah let go of the things that are holding us down that are stagnant that are that have just built up and become too firm in our lives in a way and so for me I you know when I feel those feelings of fear I actually have a little mantra that I've been saying to myself and it goes like this I give myself permission to change <laughs> And it sounds really simple, but it's actually been very helpful. And it's amazed me how many areas I thought I wasn't allowed to change in. But in fact, I'm the one who decides. So if it's going to make my life easier in some ways or more focused or allowing me to say yes to the things that I'm really wanting to use my life force energy for, then I welcome the death of the others, even if it might be hard to say goodbye. Thank you so much. That's so beautiful. And that's really the key word uh, when we when we look at the fall is change because the, the profound, brilliant beauty of those leaves and, and uh, they're changing and we can't control the change, the timing of the change and the permanence of that change. And we think of that even for women as we go into menopause, that we profoundly change and our colors get deeper and we clarify our mission and we let go. And so as you talk about the change, I also think about allowing the surrender, surrendering to the change. Uh, that's, that's uh, as you say, not being rigid, but allowing the surrender to the change of the cardinal signs of Libra and of um, Aries. That's what they're really saying. So I just think that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for giving ourselves permission and seeing the wisdom of the change um, and the change in relationship as well. So a couple of the, of the flower essences I was reflecting on, one is bleeding heart because bleeding heart is a, it's a heart cleanser and clarifier. And we love those little gorgeous flowers of the bleeding hearts, but it also gives the heart freedom to love. Because when we're bound into this agreement that then starts to get like, I feel bound into my cords and relationships and how I love, we don't have freedom in our love. And so when we clarify the heart and we allow ourselves to have free choice in love, then love, as we talked about, love in action. Libra loves to love, so let's do it. But from a place of freedom, from inside our heart, not outside our heart. So I think that the bleeding heart can sort of clear up some of those old attachments, some of the old grief, and can allow the heart to really feel reanimated in a way that is a more of a love, a free kind of love and freedom, or, you know, hippie love and, love and freedom um, in that way and open up and energize. 
um, the in the boundaries of the heart. So in that in that way that we're thinking about that. Another interesting flower essence, which I'm thinking more for that Aries full moon or in general, is larkspur, because larkspur invites a different kind of um, leadership, joy in leadership. So it's like social change, a positivity of how we lead and leading with love. So when I think about us all becoming into that notion of the power of the feminine and learning a new way to be in leadership, to learn, like we talked about, to come into sacred harmony with lineage, to come into sacred harmony with intergenerational, to be leaders in a new way that honors all things um, and all beings, that we think about Larkspur and it elevates leadership social change leadership in positivity. So I thought Larkspur could be a really beautiful one that allows us to be in our leadership but and be in our power and be in our strength, you know, but in a way that also feels fresh for us and feels like we can co-create it from that stance of our values and our want and our desire. So see if that resonates for you. Um, regarding, there's so many stones Two stones that, and remember, anything with the heart is great, green, but two stones that I uh, that actually are for October, so it's kind of funny, like for a stone, but I think they really, really got it right. Tourmalines are, are you know, there's a clarifying element to the tourmaline. They're in different colors. Green tourmaline is so gorgeous. There's black, there's all colors. So a tourmaline, but a green tourmaline is really gorgeous. And the other one is opal. The thing, like there's fire opals, there's all kinds of opals. But opals, one of the things that's so beautiful about opals is that they are filled with light. So you look at an opal kind of like a moonstone or a labradorite, but when a, a, a opal will really take light and will um, animate it. And so that's another thing that happens in the fall season because the light changes so much. Like we find in our, it's a beautiful time to put little crystals by the windows because so many rainbows come in. So opals are really beautiful because they surprise us with how much light they reverberate and um, create in our lives and in our heart space. So, you know, and again, there's a lot of choice with opals, just like there's a lot of choice with tourmalines. So you might play with those two those two stones and see how they work for you in this season of um, of the beauty of the fall. So I think I would just say, let the fall let you fall in love with yourself, fall in love with your mission, fall in love with your purpose, fall in love with your boundaries, um, make good on what you've learned over the summer, and really. Um, move into the waning season with a deep appreciation for your medicine and that you're cultivating the essence of that from the year and um, clarifying your purpose and letting yourself dance with the winds and with the sacred engagement that we all have in being in this time of dire beauty and dire change. Um, and let's be a part of that in the greatest way possible. Thank you so much, Susan. I know that was all very helpful to reflect on for me and also for, I imagine, many of our listeners. And I want to make sure that everyone who wants to can find you online and learn about how to work with you in a deeper way. 
Thank you so much. So the first big news is that registration for our uh, spring gathering, which will be April 30th through May 3rd. It's our 20th year, super excited, and we're going um, to Santa Fe again. And that should be open in a couple of days. So if you want to get on our mailing list, please go on everydaymedicinewoman.com. Right on the homepage, you can, it'll be there, the link, but if you want to get on there, then you'll get updates. If you want to um, reach out, Susan at EverydayMedicineWoman.com, and I offer consultations, um, and those are consultations that we collaborate on together, and I use the evolutionary tools of astrology and Akashic realm and records and uh, a deep dive at soul-level reading. I appreciate so much um, hearing from Moon Wise Sisters, and we love getting feedback about the podcast, so please, please let us know. And uh, and thank you, Dorothea, as always, for um, all of the love and the hard work you put into allowing this platform and this beautiful podcast with myself and these incredible medicine women that you have deep conversations with to happen. Thank you so much, Susan. Wishing everyone a beautiful month, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find Susan's work online at everydaymedicinewoman.com and at Susan Lipschutz on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also leave a comment on the Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. If you're not in the group yet, just search Facebook for Moonwise Sisterhood and answer two quick questions to join. And if you haven't heard the recent Moonwise episode about working with the magic of mushrooms, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I speak with fungi farmer and herbalist Ray Hart of Ground Culture about trust, deep listening, and connecting with plant allies. Ray shares her story of leaving a career in nursing to grow medicine on the land. We discuss working with intuition and the wisdom of darkness. We also talk about the unique transition time we find ourselves in on the planet and the ways in which fungi reveal solutions. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, whose amazing work you can find at voicealchemy.com. See you next time.